Meow. Oh yeah, Caitlin makes a cameo. No, 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 no. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> yes, we're recording oh, for real. Sorry, okay, <laughs> That's okay. Charlie's already popped in and whatnot. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, it was it was great. And then we went to Chris Kendall Market afterward. Um, That's big day. Big yeah, day big last day. night. Yeah. Big yeah. day. Now you're already for Christmas. Almost all the Christmas shopping done. The only thing I have left to get, I think, is um, asking for my mom. So. Oh, nice. Nice. Very, very fun. Very fun. Done. Well, we just had the night before Christmas come out this past week, and then next week is Love Hard. And a friend of mine um, sent me a text today, Erin. She sent me a text, and she said, loved the night before Christmas, the night before Christmas. Can't wait for Love Hard. So we've got one nice. fan. Nice. One. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we've got we've got a few. We definitely have a few people lis- listening to it that have, that have you know yeah. commented to me uh, and and you. So um, <laughs> thanks for listening. There's literally thanks dozens of listening. you. So many dozens, just you know, double digits. Yeah. <laughs> Although triple triple digits. Triple digits. Yeah. You sure about that? I don't know. Now I'm not gonna look. Never mind. I don't want to know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, anyways, so, uh, this is Go Get Your Girl, the podcast, yeah, yeah, the podcast where Emma and Katie tell their dads to kick it to the curb. They want to marry their rich bad boys, (laughs) but really fall in love with another bad boy who inspired Bugs Bunny. That's right. Yeah. We're talking about It Happened One Night. Couple of dizzy dames talking about (laughs) a couple of dames with a couple of a couple of gams just yabbing, yabbing away. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Uh, It happened one night, nineteen thirty-four. Directed by Frank Capra. Yeah. Um, Very, very famous uh, director from the thirties and forties. Directed. Got all kinds of things. You can't take it with you. Uh, it's a wonderful life. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Um, you know, one of the uh, one of the one of the greats of yeah. uh, of that era for sure. Um, the movie is written by I forgot to write it down. Um, <clears throat> by a person. It is written by Robert Riskin, and it's based on a short story by Samuel Hopkins Adams. Oh, I didn't know it was based on a short story. Yeah, the short story is called The Night Bus, and I imagine it is, I have no idea what it's like, but, you know, apparently it was very short and slight, and this is very much kind of an invention based on the yeah. on the story, so. Yeah, this is not very short. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is um, absolutely a classic. It won, it swept the Oscars, it won Best Picture, yeah. Best Screenplay, Best Actor, Best Actress and Director. It's, um, it was that the first didn't, movie to do that. Yeah, and it didn't happen again until Sounds of the Lambs, I believe. Yep. Or is there another one? Yeah. No, Sounds of the Lambs was the next time. So that's that's and a long... never again, right? I it think hasn't happened since. One more. Oh, really? Yeah, from what I saw in my research. Oh wait, I've got a doc on here. Let me just. I'm not a big Oscar person. I used to be like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the Oscars, and I was like, you know, I I was also obsessed with Entertainment Weekly. Um, so I uh I was like constantly like making Oscar ballots and like thinking and like and when I was like you know 11 and 12 years old too, which is ridiculous because like 
you know, I hadn't seen all the movies, but I I had ideas about what I think should win. Um, Charlie always teases me because every single year I say that I'm going to watch all the movies. I watch maybe one or two just by chance. And then I just go off of vibes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, the vibes are important. I mean, like, unfortunately, I think that's what many of the Academy members do when they vote for these things as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, so I don't think it's going to be this person because they have this other person has been like gunning for an Oscar for like 40 years. So like, I think everyone's going to give them the Oscar for this film, even though they don't really deserve it. But, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, the the Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That Onion article that said uh, Leonardo DiCaprio hopes he uh, grunted and spit enough in this movie to finally win an Oscar. (laughs) I mean, we'll see if he gets nominated again this year. Well, I think it's Bradley Cooper's desperation for an Oscar this year. Oh, yeah. But you know, I mean, if they don't give the Oscar to Ryan Gosling for Barbie, I will riot <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> Honestly, um, that I don't is... Know. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. very many movies. I, um, I, I, yeah, and by the time, like, I got to be in my 20s, I... I stopped caring about that kind of stuff. And I got like jaded with like the whole, yeah. like the politics of Oscars and all that. But also like, I just, there's some movies I just don't want to watch, you know, yeah. like I, I don't, I don't want to have like a bad time for, for three hours sometimes, you know, yeah. like it has, you have to be in the right mood to watch killers of the flower moon. And I'm sure that it's good, but I have no desire to see it. And I might not ever have a desire to see it. I don't really have a desire to see maestro. But that's just oh, I do. I want to. I do want to see my show. You want to see my show? I just. I don't know. There's something about them. Just like I feel like this is so many movies I've seen these two actors do, and they're just like smushing them together to get some off. Yeah, I hear it's good. People really like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could be proven wrong. I have been proven wrong several times in the past. Some might say I've been proven wrong more times than I've been proven right. So. Um, yeah, I really want to see the boy with the heron. That is, that's, I'm most anticipated for sure. The boy and the heron, yeah. I have not even heard of that. Oh, it's the new Miyazaki movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, very cool. I, I really want to see, um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no, right? I just want to see a movie that brings me joy. No, I want to see Poor Things. I love what's I his really name. I really want to see Poor Things. Yeah. Yorgos Lanthimos. I, I love him, yeah. Yorgos. I love him. But anyway, speaking of the Oscars, so we were actually incorrect. Um, so It Happened One Night was the first one to do the clean sweep of the Oscars, known as an Oscar Grand Slam. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Screenplay. Um, it was duplicated in 1975. By one flew, uh, one flew over one the, flew the cuckoo's nest, nest. Yeah. and, and then, then in yeah. 1992 for um, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, and not since. No, and not since, and not since. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it happened one night? Is the only one not nominated in any other category? What I don't know what that says. I copied and pasted a lot of these facts, so sure. <laughs> that's a big old thank you to IMDb.com. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which is, it's it's kind of strange to think about. I mean, the Oscars were very different in 1934, obviously. Oh, totally. But, like, movies like this don't even get nominated for Oscars anymore. No. Um, and this Oscar, is something yeah. that, like, 
absolutely swept. And, you know, if you get to think about like the depression being like a big part of that. And that's like a big Frank Capra thing too. So like yeah. this movie was made at the height of the depression, you know, 1933, 1934. And it was also made right at the end of the pre-code era, which so a yeah. little bit of, of history in case you don't know, listeners, the Hayes Code was a basically have you seen babylon um <laughs> that's a really good example yeah so hollywood there are a lot there are a lot of like you know conservative congress people basically who thought that hollywood had gone too far and was very um you know uh, a de- what am I trying to say here? Um, a, a they didn't have morals. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. too much sex, too much booze, too many titties. Yes. Yes. Um, and the, uh, so what happened was there was a, um, they put into place something called the Hayes Code. Uh, Hollywood decided, said that they could self-regulate, um, which eventually, you know, and led to like the ratings board and all of that. But the Hayes Code was the first thing, which is basically like a list of certain things that you could not show in a movie. Yeah. One of the most famous and annoying ones, of course, was that, you know, crime had to pay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, if someone commits a crime that they have to, they, they have to be punished for it. You know, um, lots of, lots of things. This movie is, came in like months before the Hayes Code was, in, was initiated. It was one of the last like big Hollywood, like certainly one of the last movies that is still like frequently watched today yeah. that came out before the Hayes Code started. And there's, it's still pretty tame. I mean, there, there are like, mm-hmm. there's some super risque movies from the pre-code era with, you know, nudity and stuff, which is, yeah. you know, really surprising to see. Um, but this is, um, there are certain things like, I don't think Clark Gable would have gotten away with taking his shirt off. No. In, during the Hayes Code. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we would have gotten the ending at the end where it very, very oh, seriously yeah. alludes to them just doing it. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. There's, it's very, uh, it, this movie is very sexy for 1934. Oh, yeah. 1934 to 19, 1968 is when the Hayes Code yeah. was abolished, which kind of led into the, you know, the, what they call the, the new Hollywood movement of the seventies yeah. when, you know, movies got, uh, you know, more art, more artistic and more auteur driven and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, another thing is the depression. So like yeah. the height of the depression, you know, uh, Frank Capra made a lot of movies about the working class and the, the beauty of, uh, of America, uh, which, <laughs> you know, can be kind of cringe in retrospect, but he was very patriotic. Um, and uh, very, very much believed in America as this, you know, force of good in the in the world, which was probably easier to do during the Roosevelt administration. Yeah. Um, which, <laughs> uh, with like, you know, a lot of like straight up socialist programs being enacted all over the country. But um, there's always like a, a lot about income inequality in all of Capra's movies. This is certainly no exception. So the idea like the the scene on the bus where you know, all of the, like, you know, poor people basically like take the bus. Like that's kind of like, you know, rich people take the train and poor people take the bus across the country. And, you know, the, the, the part where they're all singing the, the man on the flying trapeze and stuff like that is, it's, it is, it is beautiful. Like it works, you know, it's hard not to feel like good about the, the, the common man coming together when you watch a scene like that. 
Yeah, and a fun fact about that scene, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Frank Capra actually does his little Hitch, does a Hitchcockian before Hitchcock uh, cameo in that. So he is he is on the bus. He is the third couplet, part of the third couplet of the um, the singing people. So yeah, no, I didn't. He's on the bus. Yeah, Yeah. how cute is that? Get it, Frankie C. Frankie C. Bye bye. Um, okay, so should we do should we do the plot? This is yeah. a, this this is this movie is plot light. We should say very plot light. Boy, oh yeah. boy! Do you want to take it or do you want me to do it? You you do it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it happened one night. I even got a little thingy so I wouldn't go off the rails. Basically, it is about this um, socialite named Ellie Andrews who has just decided that she's going to marry her bad boy boyfriend, his very confusing name. He is an aviator, a um, flyer of the sky. His name is King Wesley. And for the longest time, I'm not going to lie, I thought that she was talking about an actual king. I thought she was talking about royalty. No, she's talking about bad boy of the sky, King Wesley. (laughs) And so her dad basically kidnaps her on his yacht in Miami and goes, you cannot marry this bad boy of the sky. And she goes, I don't care what you. Bad boy of the sky. (laughs) Yes. This guy, first of all, like bad boy of the sky is strong. I know. He's a a rich little twerp. His name is King. Yeah, we don't even, like, see him until the very end. Um, So we had, I completely forgot that he was a pilot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so anyways, basically, uh, Ellie's dad kidnaps her on his yacht in Miami. And he's like, you can't do this. It, you're going to ruin your life. And she's like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to live my life. YOLO. And then she jumps the ship. And <laughs> Well, first she throws her dinner out the window. Yes. which, And then she gets so mad she jumps off a ship, which is like, yeah. Jesus. Oh, man, I have never been that mad. I, You've never been that know. mad to jump off of a ship? I've never been mad enough to jump off of a boat into the water, no. <laughs> In Miami. And then somehow she's fine and she has her stuff and she has like either the same dress or a different outfit and it's not wet anymore. We're just going to move past that. <laughs> Anyways, so she uh, ends up on a bus headed to New York because she's like, well, I have to like sneakily make my way up to New York to marry my bad boy of the sky. I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah. And she's she's like, you know, Kardashian level famous. You know, yeah. like that, that everybody, everybody's eyes are on her. Yeah. You know, this is like, Paris Hilton. If, yeah, if, if, you know, well, who's, I mean, yeah, now, I mean, I guess the Kardashians now are yeah. the, the people, you know, but certainly like, yeah, it would be like a Paris Hilton or, or a Kardashian yeah. or something like, you know, disappears and runs and uh, runs off to elope against her yeah. parents' wishes, you know, like yeah. Chris Jenner is fuming, you know, yeah. so, like all the, <laughs> all the newspapers and magazines and everything are obsessed with this story. So can we, can we please remake this modern no. day starring the Kardashians? Nobody wants to watch it happen one night starring Kim Kardashian. I don't think it would be Kim though. I don't think it would be no, Kim. No, it would be it would be, it would be Kylie Kendall. Jenner. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I don't know them well enough. Kendall's the model. I was just model. going on age. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would that's how you get the kids into rich cinema. Yikes. 
Um, anyways, so she's, uh, basically on the front page of, like, every single newspaper being like, where's Uh Ellie? Where's Ellie? Anyways, so she is, she gets on a bus because that's where the working people go to travel. And she has no idea how money works or how much money she has. And she's got her little How old is she supposed to be, do you think? Like, I'm I'm guessing, like, 20, yeah, early 20s, like, 21, 22. Yeah. Yeah, Right? yeah, yeah. I mean, or actually, she might I mean, be like, twenty three. Yeah, I was thinking because yeah. like it's because he's like I, I have no idea how old Clark Gable is in this movie, but he's in his thirties, definitely, yeah. right? Oh, for sure, or like twenty nine. I mean, it's nineteen thirties, yeah. late twenties. I think would okay, be so the days actor mid- was thirty three. So okay. he, you know, he could have been a few years younger than that, supposedly. Yeah. yeah, but I do think that like taking into context, nineteen thirties, late twenties equals today's mid 30s oh for sure at least yeah at, at least, least. Yeah. if not 40s yeah yeah i mean it's the thing like the, th- the men of the 1930s like all looks like they were in their 40s you know and yeah. partially it's the way that they dressed and the way that you know they smoked the way their sunscreen yes no spf at all um anyways speaking of clark gable it is on this bus that she meets clark gable who has been out on a bender he got drunk and he's a newspaper reporter and he really hates his boss so he angrily goes well he he's on like the phone with like i don't know it looks like a bachelor party of dudes but it's just a bunch of guys he was hanging out with at the bar and they're all wasted and he's like trying to tell his boss something about the latest story and his boss is like shut the fuck up i don't want to hear from you you're fired he wants to play it off in front of his new bros and, (laughs) and basically lies his way through um, the rest of the phone call making it seem like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you when I get there. And so then they all sing him to the bl- the bus. Yeah, he's he's like he's got his he's got his voice there. It is. Um, yeah. Uh, he one thing that he tells his boss, like Clark Gable has got some great lines in this movie. Oh, and so one of them great. Is, his boss is telling him, like, he's like, that article sucked. And he goes, it was free verse, you gas house palooka. <laughs> That's one phrase I, I want to bring start back. Calling people gaslight, ga- gas house palookas. Yeah, gas house. I don't palooka. know what it means. I hope it's not a slur. I hope it's not either. I'm gonna Google it real quick, and we're gonna cut yeah. this out if it's a slur. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Oh, just, fabulous. Uh, just yeah, not. Okay, technically, it means an inferior prize fighter, so like a boxer. Okay. But basically a stupid, clumsy, or uncouth person. Yeah. Why why is this not in our vocabulary? Right? Yeah, that's such a good word. It's got the like right? the double the, the double O's. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah gas house palooka. <laughs> he also says later on to um to Claudette Colbert, he says, um uh oh man, I, I didn't write this down. It's, oh no. Um, it's an exclamation and he says, Holy leaping catfish. <laughs> <laughs> Holy leaping catfish. Uh, um, so anyways, oh, he's on the bus because he's like drunk and he's like got his little hat on and he's like sleeping and she's um, she goes to like sit down and she's like, oh, there's no seats. Where am I going to sit? And so then she like sits next to um, Clark Gable, who suggestively puts his hand down, um, touches her butt and. <laughs> 
<laughs> in a very sexy way. And um, and then we're off to the races. <laughs> There's a lot mm-hmm. of, I hate you. I hate you. Oh, you're a nonsense lady, lady. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. It. I mean, the dialogue is fun. It's like it's so snappy. It's, yeah. it's so fun to watch. He is pretty abusive. Um, it's. I mean, for 1934, he's That's pretty true. tame. Yeah. It is he, pretty tame for, for yeah. the 30s. Yeah. Um, he doesn't slap he, uh, her once. Okay, that's a lie. He slaps her butt. <laughs> he does. He spanks her. Yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know. If Clark Gable is carrying me across a river, he could, he could slap me. He could spank me a couple of times. I'm know? not going to lie. This movie, this movie reignited a spark in my heart uh, for Clark Gable to where I don't just have fun facts about the movie today. I have some fun facts about Clark Gable as well. Um, should we do a little breakout about uh, Mr. Clark Gable? We shall do a little breakout from about Mr. Clark Gable. So this is Emma's Fun Facts. Um, oh I'm going to nail that down one day. <laughs> okay. Um, so Clark Gable, if you don't know, Clark Gable is, you know, one of the, like, biggest movie stars in history. Uh, he most famous probably for Gone with the Wind and yep. this movie. Uh, yep. But he was also in... Just a, just a ton of movies. Um, so many. And uh, he was in uh, Mutiny on the Bounty. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of them? Have I seen any of these movies? He was basically, I was going to like compare him to Leonardo DiCaprio, but I think that if we were to um, equate it to something for the kids for today, um, mm-hmm. he was a Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah, but if Timothy Chalamet were like, like, like you know, was like a man, you know, instead of like a, Timothy a little twink, you know, like, I mean, Clark Gable is not a twink. Like, no, he, he's like Brad Pitt. He is Brad Pitt. Yeah. Brad yeah, Pitt in yeah. the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s is what Clark yeah, Gable yeah. is. Oh my God. He was in a movie with Barbara Stanwyck called Night Nurse. So now I have to see that. Yes. Oh my God. Put that um, on the list. Yeah. Uh, I love Barbara Stanwyck. So some fun facts. I got nervous because my heart went a flutter as I was being swooned by Clark Gable. And as oh you do with he's these so older sexy. movies, he's so sexy in this movie. He, and he takes his shirt off. And yeah, he's got that horrible little mustache, but it still works. Like, and his oh pants go up to his nipples, but you're still <laughs> yeah. turned on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and every time he talks about the walls of Jericho, I just swoon yeah. a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, like, honestly, I mean, that was his thing. He's like yeah. one of the sexiest men to ever be in movies. Like, yeah. he is. Yeah. Th- there's that recording, uh, the Judy Garland uh, song where she sings, um, uh, oh, God, what is the song? Where th- it begins with a letter to Clark Gable, and she's like, oh, Mr. Gable, I love you so much. And then she, oh. <laughs> um, uh, hold on, Judy. You sound like a cartoon mouse. That's how Judy oh, Garland Mr. Ga- Oh, Mr. Gable, I love you so much. That's how it goes. Hold on. <laughs> if you made me love you. Yeah, if you made me love you. Uh, uh, and it starts off with this whole thing where she's like, ta- and she's like, you know, 14 years old. And she's talking about yeah. how much she loves Clark Gable. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Um, so Clark Gable, uh, a fun fact that, uh, well, the reason why I went on this deep dive was because I had a panic at, after I swooned to be like, oh my God, is he, was he really like a terrible person? <laughs> Was he like? Oh, definitely. Yeah, big time. Yeah, he was a great person. He was a lovely. With the exception of his like womanizing, 
Um, if sure, you can, yeah. If you can, but I mean, how could you not in 1930s being Clark Gable? Okay, okay. He but he wasn't actually, like a Nazi or anything. No. In fact, he was on, speaking of Nazis, <laughs> that's a great segue. Oh, yeah. Um, So he volunteered for the army in the 40s and was like a photographer for the army. Um, oh, and artistic. Right? And I don't know if people know this about Hitler, because why would you want to know anything about Hitler? But um, Hitler was a big movie buff, apparently. And yeah. yeah, And he loved Clark Gable. Like, he was swooned by Clark Gable. So much so so that um, Gable was... he had a, a a reward on his head for anyone that could capture Clark Gable during World War II and bring, and bring him, him to Hitler. Jesus, bring him to Hitler, Make right? Him his twisted little Nazi plays or something. Exactly. Oh like, can you imagine oh the most terrifying, terrifying thing ever? Oh, yeah, man, I want to see the Quentin Tarantino movie of that. I need Clark to see Gable the Quentin beating the shit out of Adolf Hitler. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Being like. I re- I'm sorry, Adolf. I really don't give a damn. Yeah. Um, he was also largely known for desegregating the set of Gone with the Wind. Um, oh. okay. Right? And uh, he was against segregation and proved how much he was an advocate for equal rights when he, th- he threatened to boycott his own film um, whenever it was premiered in Atlanta because it was still segregated, um, including not inviting any of the cast members of color to the um, the premiere. And so he threatened to boycott it. And then they were like, I guess, I guess, if Clark Gable says, you know. Okay. I mean, that's relatively based for the 30s. Right. Uh, he also was um, painfully shy and like had a lot of anxiety in his actual life. His love story, if you want a really, really good podcast to listen to about him which i you know as i was in my swoon worthy like days uh you must remember this does a really really great episode on clark gable and oh what was the name of his wife uh carol lombard so him who died yeah mm -hmm, who died very relatively young like broke his heart uh it was his one love of like he stopped womanizing when he met her and when they got together and he was just like so head over heels with her, but that episode's really great to listen to. Um, yeah. Also he, uh, one that a really adorable thing that he did was after he won his performance for this movie, actually for it happened one night, he gave his Oscar to a child who just told him that it was, uh, the statue was pretty. And so he gave the kid the statue saying that the, statue itself didn't matter it was the winning that not mattered not owning it and so after clark gable died um that child that was given his it happened one night oscar returned to the family oh that's so, so sweet doesn't this make you want to just make out with him more i will give you a uh, caveat for that yes, yes uh, i want to make out with him too until i read this fun fact <laughs> He had almost a full set of dentures when he was 32 because he had a bad gum infection in 1933. He had to have most Mm. of his teeth removed and replaced by dentures, which caused him to suffer halitosis. So, uh, yeah, yeah, his breath was real bad. Vivian Lee during Gone with the Wind used to complain about how bad it was. um, And also, I think that he used to, like, eat onions or something to sort of, like, make people think that it was just, like, 
bad lunch, but it was his breath was horrific. So, oh. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's 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 that, that, that. <laughs> Oh, I do have one more fun fact about Clark Gable that will bring us back into the movie because this ties back to it. So, Clark Gable uh, did two things to Hollywood through this movie. He not only did he um, sort of cause a, a, a stir in the fashion scene um, because in that scene when he's undressing and giving his monologue to um, uh, Claudette Colbert and he's just like, you don't understand, lady. I'm da, 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 da. Uh, and he's doing it like super fast. They had to get the timing right. But it took too long to do all of the layers because in the 30s, you know, you had like 80 layers with a suit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he um, didn't have time to take off the undershirt. So they abandoned the undershirt altogether. So you just get shirt and then, hello, Clark Gable. Which, when people saw this movie, because it was such a popular film, resulted in a large drop in undershirt sales around the country. Oh, that's right. I remember hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Some manufacturers even tried to sue Columbia Films. And also, not just that, he inspired Bugs Bu- on how Bugs Bunny eats carrots. I so, did know that, yeah. yeah. For, he's like leaning on that fence eating a yeah. carrot, and that's how that, that inspired like the, the look of Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Bugs Bunny could never make me swoon the way that uh, Clark Gable made me swoon. Well, I should hope so. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, Bugs Bunny was. He's a an an- yeah. an animal. Yeah, he's that an would an be uh, that'd be bestiality, Emma. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, famously against. Yeah, the go get your girl is against bestiality. We can <laughs> we can say that pretty clearly. I think <laughs> if we were to stay, take a stance on anything, it is against bestiality, especially sure, yeah, against- the fur- furries are okay. Your yeah, furries are cool, but <laughs> but just don't, just don't. <laughs> but don't fuck a rabbit. Yeah, just, there we go. Not a cartoon one. Not a real one. Not a stuffed one. Just don't. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Anyways, so back to what happened one night. <laughs> I feel like we spent too much time on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think we I think we abandoned the plot at some point, but. Well, we're on the, the bus. That she gets her money stolen, and he yes. figures out who she is and what's happening, and wants to write a story about it. And yeah. He smells a scoop because he's yeah. got a nose for news, just like <laughs> me. If I were nose for news, that's that's what I was. Me- I wasn't meant to work uh, in this life. I wasn't meant to labor in the 21st century. I was meant to be a fast talking dame in the 30s with a nose for news. I bet that was a past life of yours. You're probably a fast talking dame in the 1930s. Right? Yeah. I want to be Rosalind Russell and his girl Friday so badly. Yeah. 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 Just why don't you come over here and let me give you the scoop, see? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so he basically convinces her that in order for her to survive this bus trip and get to New York without, you know, losing her way and with some sort of money or, you know, just getting to New York, surviving, then he needs to like stick with her and he'll take her under his wing. And she's reluctant at first, but, you know, they, they come up with this little bit where they play husband and wife because there's this other guy on the bus that's like really hitting on her and she's just like oh brother Mr. Shapely 
Mr. Shapley. And so Peter Warren, which is Clark Gable, comes over and he goes, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to leave my wife here. <laughs> I don't know why yeah, he, he saves is. her. He saves her from the creep yeah. on the bus, which yeah. is, you know, good Very behavior. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me uh, and um and you know he looks like he does so um mm-hmm. you know the the two of them fall in love over the course of like the three days or whatever i mean it's called it happened one night but it yeah. does they spend several nights together i don't understand um, the title yeah i mean it's just it's you know evocative you know like but it didn't happen one night <laughs> well something happened one night yeah at the end something happened one night hello after the uh, wedding yeah, so yeah. The, so they go to uh, what is called an auto camp, which was which ha- was before motels. So like you know, yeah. cars were relatively new, uh, <laughs> and that's how they, far I mean, back we are. Is, this movie is ninety years old. Like it's eighty nine years old. That's um, insane. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, so it is. You know, cars were new. Car people were driving cars across the country kind of for the first time and at least in the last like decade yeah. so there were before motels were kind of invented there were things called auto camps which is where they stay at a couple of times which are these little cottages that are kind of like thrown together and families can stay in them there's communal showers and bathrooms and everything and you stay in like a little it's like a tent but like you know with walls it's like a little yeah. like a little um bungalow or something yeah it's like right between camping and glamping yeah 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 mm-hmm. um and so they stay in one of those and she's like oh but we cannot stay in the same cottage together and so he <laughs> comes up with what he calls the walls of jericho which is he oh. puts a clothesline across the room and hangs this sheet and then the two of them get undressed uh, on either side of the sheet and it's uh it's so sexy you know it's like so it is it, the lights are dim and it's oh. just like it is, it's definitely it, it. There's there's so much um, chemistry between the two of them, yeah. and there's so much um, there's so much atmosphere in the way that the scene is made. It's it's so yeah. much sexier than a lot of than a lot of other you know more modern, yeah. more explicit movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I think that they they definitely nailed it on the head, which is you know they got they they not only have an amazing script, but they also have lead actors that actually have chemistry which that's that's the key you can have lead actors that have chemistry and i've said it once i'll say it a million times and if the script is garbage doesn't matter you're still gonna fall in love with that you're still gonna root for them and that's all you really want like in that scene of the walls at jericho there's this beautiful beautiful moment where they have this um gorgeous lighting and shot of Claudette Colbert as she's like in his pajamas because she doesn't have any pajamas on her side of the wall and she's just like looking over and just sort of like glancing over like she can't see but it's just sort of like hints at like her you know curiosity and he's, her... he's right there he's right on the other he's side right of that sheet. yeah he's right there oh but like it doesn't doesn't really bother her it's just sort of like oh, oh heavens heavens exactly yeah <laughs> As he's just smoking a cigarette because it's 1934. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's his before bed was... ritual. Yeah, God. <laughs> um, yeah, and they, uh, and they, they, they move on, and mm-hmm. then the, um, they have to abandon the bus, uh, yeah, because it gets stuck. Yeah, and then they, they're, they're gonna get, they're gonna get uh, found out. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
yeah shapely but, yeah yeah it ends up on a newspaper that gets on the bus that shapely has yeah and so yeah. he shapely corners peter warren and he's just like uh, or Peter Warren like figures out that Shapely is onto it, and he's just like, "Let's go chat about going halvesies on this on this reward because apparently there's no a you know reward for anyone that can return Ellie back to her father." And they, her father, even throughout this, um, comes up with a bunch of ways. He's like, "I don't really care. I'll just get my daughter back." So finally, he is making all these announcements via newspaper because it's 1934. And so all the headlines and one of them is that he and King Wesley, the bad boy of the sky have become buddies now and it's okay. Ellie, come on home. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is like, I mean, and her dad is not a bad guy. Like her dad is like loves her and he doesn't want her to marry this guy who he knows that she doesn't really love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want her to ruin her life. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, but then like throughout the, the course of the movie, he's like, okay, fine. If that's what you want, just, just come back. You know, I'm worried yeah. about you. Like you can marry whoever you want. Um, and then that ends up on the newspaper and she does see that. But, yeah. uh, before that happens, they have to hitchhike, which is oh, probably yes. the most iconic scene in the movie. Mm. Um, which is just, I mean, this, I mean, it ha- pro- oh God, I mean, I don't know. Like, what is the? I don't know what Oscar reels back when comedies won Oscars were. You know, like the Oscar yeah. reel now is always like the most dramatic like thing. But like him trying to teach her how to hitchhike, that's what I would pick for the for the yeah. Oscar reel for Clark Gable. Oh, he's so fucking sure. funny in that. Yeah, he's so funny because she gets it by uh, just like, like hiking up her skirt. And then that's the, which becomes like a like a meme in the nineteen yeah. forties. You know, like before that was in, memes. Like, well, I mean, memes existed. It was just, you know, not, not, it wasn't an internet meme, but, you know, like, yeah. like the, the girl or, you know, cartoon character pulling up their, their, their skirt or their pants and showing like a little bit of leg and the car screeching to a halt. Like that's from this movie. That's what that's yeah. from. Um, because yeah, he's trying to show her how to hitchhike and he's saying like, you hitchhike like this or you hitchhike like that. And he does it. <laughs> and like cars are just flying by him. Nobody um, wants to pick up Clark Gable. <laughs> Which, uh, insane, first of all. But secondly, yeah. uh, and then she shows, well, well, let me try. And then she, like, you know, pulls her skirt up and shows, like, her leg. Car screeches to a halt. <laughs> a smash, smash cut to the two of them sitting in the back of the car. And he looks so pissed. <laughs> well, if it's, only Clark Cable had done a yeah, little leg. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's very funny. Um, and then, of course, yeah. like, the thing is, like, they cannot catch a break on this trip. Like, everything yeah. terrible happens to them. Even this guy, first of all, who's singing, which is, like, the worst case scenario for a Lyft driver. <laughs> um, he's been, he's just trying to rob them in the first place. They, they're yeah. constantly beset by thieves uh, on the, on the road. Just so which many I thieves. Guess, you know. 1930 depression 1930s i mean yeah i mean yeah i mean like you know he probably needed that suitcase more certainly more than she did like yeah. she's super rich she doesn't need that shit oh. um and uh and so yeah he's just trying to rob them anyway so it didn't matter <laughs> um and uh they finally go they get to it they get to another auto camp yeah and they have no money um he oh well no no hold on wait so the guy <laughs> He tricks them, the driver, like they stop at a restaurant and they get out because they don't have any money to buy hamburgers. So he, the, yeah. the driver goes into the restaurant and they're sitting down and then the driver comes running out, jumps in the car with their suitcase in it and drives off. And then 
Clark Gable chases down the car on foot, beats the man up, and steals his car. <laughs> Which, again, swoon-worthy. Right? Swoon-worthy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he chases I mean... the car down on foot. I mean, I <laughs> we... guess it's a car. It's like a jalopy, as they would say. I think it's one of those cars that has the crank in the front, so yeah. it's probably not going super fast. No, but it's still a car. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I mean here here at Go Get Your Girl Pod, we do not condone violence of any kind unless you're Clark Gable chasing down a 1930s car to get our suitcase back. Exactly, yeah. Um and uh yeah. So they have the car, they steal this man's car. Yeah. And they don't have they they're trying to save all their money for gas to get back to New York and they're not yeah. they're, they're they're almost to New York and they stop at another auto camp and he tricks this old couple into into letting them stay there for 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 on consignment you know i'll pay you when i leave kind of thing yeah because they're gonna stay like a week yeah they're supposed to he says they're gonna stay a week even though they're only planning on staying one night but Mm -hmm. they're you know but they're only three hours from new york but it's the middle of the night and so they go there and he hangs up the sheet again and there she knows now that her father approves of king wesley and everything will be fine if she just gets to new york but she's decided that she loves him and she tells him, she's yeah. like, I, I love you. Like run away with me. Like he has this whole speech about like an Island and how he wants a woman who's like, you know, wants to be adventurous with him and like, yeah. like, and, and, you know, travel the world and everything. And, you know, she's like, I want to do that. Let me, yeah. let me be her. And he's like, you've got a husband. Oh, first of all, we should say they're already married. What King Wesley. Oh, and- are they? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're supposed to be, they're trying to get it annulled. Well then what's the what's the point of the final wedding scene? It's I don't I think maybe it oh. is married at the beginning, but it, the wedding the wedding's not consummated. Oh um, no. So it's not really They're getting it yeah, they're getting it annulled. Um because he the father didn't consent or something, which was probably a reason to get annulled in nineteen thirty four. Um, so yeah, so so he's like, you know, you're married, you have to go back to your husband and, but then he changes his mind and it's like, would you really do that? But she's asleep. And, and then he, he hatches a cockamamie plan. Ah, he's going to leave. He's going to go to New York. He's going to, he's going to leave a note, leave a note, Peter. Just leave a freaking, but no, he's like, I I can make it there and back in one night. I'm going to ask her father's permission. I'm going to get it annulled and I'm going to marry this broad. And so he leaves, and then the mom. Well, he or needs not the money mom. too. He needs. Yeah. he needs money. Yeah. So he sells the suitcase, right, or the hat? No, he mm-hmm. tries to sell the suitcase, and the guy's like, "I he, got he a bunch to of the gas station guy. He's like, "I got a." It's just like the scene in Home Alone, where, yeah. uh, which is something I quote constantly, where the guy she's trying to sell her earrings to get on the plane, and the husband comes in, and he's like, "She's got plenty of earrings, a whole shoebox full of them." <laughs> um, it's basically the same scene. The gas station guy's like, "I got a ton of suitcases." I don't have a hat though. So Clark Gable <laughs> trades his hat for gas. Yeah. Oh. He goes to New York. He types up the story. He goes to his editor. He's like, "Give me a thousand dollars because I need to ask this girl to marry me. I got the story of the of the year. You're gonna have like you know a great story for your newspaper." And the guy's like, mm-hmm. "I hate you." And he's like, "You the story. He's like, and he's like, "You're the best reporter in this city." <laughs> I <laughs> take that back. <laughs> The relationship between him and his ed- him and his editor is very funny to me. So funny! It's hot and cold, um, hot and cold. It's very 1930s yeah. reporter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. and then he turns the story in, and he's driving back. But unfortunately, 
the the mom and pop owner of the of the the auto camp she wakes up in the middle of the night and she's like he left like the guy who who said he was going to stay here a week yeah he left and, He's like, um, she's like, I told you so. I told you, like very nine, like old movie, like nagging yeah. wife. I mean, like I told you so. Too. Oh, I hate that. I hated yeah, that. Why would yeah. we do that? Why? Why was that ever a thing? Know, it's like, it's, it's like, what's his name? You know, um, the Mike Pence called his his, yeah. his wife mother. You know, Ugh. disgusting. Absolutely yeah. not. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, so. Uh, they so, yes. go, they barge in the room, and Claudette Colbert, they're, they're like, where's your husband? And she's like, is he not here? And yeah. they kick her out, and they're like, you Instead know, of you gotta like, get out of here. But, like, you would think and that... she thinks that he left her. Yeah. yeah. You gotta you would leave think, a note, man. You gotta leave a note. But, like, I also was so confused because you would think that at least the husband, or not of the mom pop shop, the pop would take like some sort of pity on this poor young woman who obviously from their perspective looks like has been like run out on by her husband and taken the car yeah. and she has been abandoned. So you would think yeah. that they would be like, okay, well you can stay here the night, but then you got to skedaddle lady. But no, yeah. they just straight up kick. No, no remorse. Just straight up kick yeah. her out in the middle of the night. It's just, and so then she has to call her dad. She has to call her dad and be like, yeah. dad, Hey, I'm ready to come home. Can you come pick me up? And so, you know, a bunch of reporters um, and uh, go and get wind of the story that she's going to come back home right as Clark Gable is coming back. He and Ellie. He's driving down the road. Yes. Yeah. He's coming down the road. Coming up behind him. He's like, oh, I'm getting a police escort. And it's, it's, (laughs) it's her dad and the cops, like all, because he's driving this rinky dink little like car and they just pass him on the road. And he does this great bit where he's like, beep, beep, he honks. (laughs) Made me laugh so hard. I have no idea. So much. It's just like, it's over his shoulder and the way his hand hits that horn is like, beep, beep. Very funny to me. (laughs) Beep, beep. And uh, yeah. and yeah, like they the he can't he's going to get his girl and like yeah. he gets uh he gets overtaken by the uh, the rich people with the police with the police you know because there's just a like confusion today. just like today. yeah because there's a confusion and so he's heartbroken and he's absolutely just sort of like he thinks that she decided that she doesn't want to run away with him anymore well, and he blames himself because like yeah. he did he did tell her and he you know. Yeah, and he should have left a note. Should have left a note. Should have left a just note. Just like, just like, just like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, should have left a note. It's just like in Arrested Development. Always leave a note. <laughs> Always leave a note. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, so he goes back to New York, and he, you know, goes to his editor and says, "It's all crap. It's lies. Yeah. I hate myself. Here's your money back." And. Um, yeah, and he's like, he's like, I played a joke on you, right? And he, and the editor's like, oh yeah, it was really funny. But the editor, like, he knows what kind yeah. of what happened. Like, the, you get this sense that he's like, sorry, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Know? But at the same time, the editor like act, acts a little bit like he knows what's happening, but he's playing that he feels like he's been conned by him because he's just like, get Peter on the phone, get that man down here, get my thousand dollars back. 
to his secretary yeah. because it's 1930s and he is a secretary who does all of his well work. yeah i mean at, at first but i'm saying like when 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 he gets there i oh, think he kind of figures yeah. out what's happened yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so we've got ellie who thinks that she was abandoned in the middle of the night by peter and we have peter who blames himself and has been heartbroken by ellie leaving so ellie is having her fantastical you know paris hilton 1930s paris hilton wedding with this mm-hmm. fantastic fucking dress oh my oh, god for sure. yeah 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 mm, chef's kiss satin fit and flare like cathedral length like juliet yeah. um uh, a veil. Can you tell that I used to work in bridal? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, like stunning. And she's got the body to rock it. She looks flawless, and she is not that excited on her wedding day. And she's sort of like and her dad out. can tell exactly. And he's like, "Are you and, sure?" And you her dad do is this? like constantly like, "Are you sure?" And and then um, that's when he reveals the telegram, right? That, yeah. That, um, that Peter, he's just like, he's like, there's not somebody else. Right. And she's like, no. And then she like kind of starts crying. And then he tells her like, well, I got this telegram from this guy, Peter Warren. Yeah. Um, but she's still like, no, no, we'll get married, you know? And he's like, yeah. okay, well, listen, as they're walking down the aisle, he's like, there's a car in the back. If you want to get out of here, <laughs> like really supportive dad, yeah. like not at all concerned about like propriety or like the way things look or, no. He's which concerned is about um, her happiness. Yeah, which is surprising for, you know, um, like a billionaire or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. And especially in the 1930s when they could just, like, get away with being like, you're my daughter now. Go back up to your tower. Uh, <laughs> which is, I mean, which is the plot for a lot of these, these yeah. screwballs. Because, I mean, well, here's, yeah, I guess we, we should say that. Because, like, these these romantic comedies, like, in this time, they were called screwballs. And I guess this yeah. is, I don't know when the first screwball was. But this, uh, this is, is very, this, this is still pretty early. Be, yeah. this, this is quoted, um, or at least... Uh, Karina Longworth in um, um, You Must Remember This stated that that it's one of the very first, if not the first, screwball comedy. This is what launched screwball comedies in Hollywood. So whether or not there were screwball comedies before this, they weren't making any money or getting produced until it happened one night. And so that's also what sort of launched the career of... um, Carol Lombard, who ended up marrying Clark Gable. So if Clark, in a full circle of events, basically, if Clark Gable had never done It Happened One Night, It Happened One Night wouldn't have been popular because who could be that swoon-worthy? And wouldn't have launched the career of hundreds of screwball comedy writers who just so happened to write screwball comedy that got Carol Lombard cast in her very first, like, groundbreaking role that made her a star and so yeah clark abel would have never met carol lombard had screwball comedies not existed and maybe it's a she would that needs to go yeah <laughs> exactly she died she died in a plane crash sadly Ugh. uh yeah carol lombard was in screwball comedy she was in uh, she was in my man godfrey which is great yes. love my man godfrey love and my um, man godfrey uh to be or not to be with jack benny um which is um I guess it's still a screwball comedy, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. It's a good movie, yeah. yeah. World yeah. War Two movie, yeah. Um, But in all classic screwball comedy ways, uh, we forgot to mention the final twist of the film, which is, well, not twist, but, like, misconception, crossed wires, and blah, blah, blah. Because there has to be so many 
in a screwball comedy. Misunderstandings, and, yes. Yeah, misunderstandings. And so basically, um, Peter sent a telegram to Ellie's dad being like, I want my money for the trip. And so he goes to meet with Ellie's dad. He Ellie's dad thinks that Peter wants the reward, which is like a bunch of money, buttload of money in the 30s. I don't know, $1,000, $2,000, $30,000. Um, I don't know what money Probably is. not that much. No, it's like $5,000. Um, and so he goes to meet with him and he's like, no, um, I have come up with an itemized list of all the things that your daughter has cost me. It is this suitcase. It is this bus ticket. It is this hamburger. It is this motel fee. And it, yeah. and it is $37 and like 14 cents. And he goes, you only want $37 and 14 cents? And he goes, yes. And I will be on my way. He goes, you don't want the reward? And he goes, no, I just want what I'm out. And so, so he gets his $37.14. And then he and Ellie have like another sort of like tete-a-tete as she's in her gown with like a champagne toast before she's supposed to walk down the aisle. And mm. um, talking to like bunches of people. And she's like, I guess you got your money then, huh? And he's like, yes, I did. And I'll be seeing you never. And... <laughs> So um, she thinks that he took the reward and he's just like wants to get out of there. And as I can't remember if it's like right before they walk down the aisle, but it's like right before this wedding's supposed to happen. I think moments before King Wesley flies into his own wedding. Of course, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) On his private mini plane. Uh, Ellie's dad reveals to her that all Peter wanted was the 34 dollars or 37 dollars and 14 cents and she realizes in that moment that oh my god what am I doing I need to stop and she takes her dad up on that car she runs to the car beautiful gown in tow yeah big big runaway bride moment like across the lawn and everything with the, with the, the train behind her yeah yeah, absolutely stunning. And mm-hmm. drives off in the car. And then the final scene of the movie, it, we see where they're back at that same motel with Ma and Pa. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we don't see him again. We don't. The big thing is we don't see their reunion. It all happens yeah. off screen. Like, yeah. the speech, like, the one of the biggest, like, things of in a, in a rom-com, which some of the screwballs did end up doing. But this movie doesn't, it's not quite there yet. You know, it's like the yeah. proto-rom-com. Like, all yeah. of the pieces haven't fallen into place. We don't see their reconciliation. We don't see the the, the speech. You know, we don't yeah. see them get back together. We don't see him again at all. Yeah, they just sort of skip through all of that. And, yeah. uh, and, and I mean, you the just... third act is dragging a bit, you know, like, yeah. Once they're not on the road, you want the movie to be over. And the movie's like an hour 45, and I feel like it should have been 90, you know? It should have been that sweet, sweet spot. They could have cut. It it was like more, it was like an hour 47. It was closer to like two hours. I remember watching it and being like, we're not there yet. I mean, I love this movie, but like, get it together, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the final scene is them and you don't see them again after she gets in the car because all you see is that same cabin that they had before when she professed her love to him and he gave that whole island speech. And 
and he um and the lights are on and there's this over um voiceover of the dad who had just been on the phone being like, is the, is it annulled yet? Is it annulled? I need to get it annulled. And then he calls Peter and goes, yes, it's annulled. It's annulled. Uh, and something along the lines of like his reasonings is he needs to bring down the walls of Jericho. Yeah. 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 The sheet in between their two beds. Yes. It falls down. And then you're like, Oh, so they, they, can... they bang. Yeah. They bang. Yeah. Yeah. But they my are question... having sex with one another. Yeah. <laughs> Lost in your butt. Um, my question, Katie, is do you think, because it's the 30s and they have the mom and pop twin beds, do you think they had to like push them together? Or do you think they just decided to screw it and screw on one bed? Yeah, I think that I think that they're yeah, they probably just I mean, I don't know. Like it was in real life, not just in movies and TV shows and stuff. In in the in that time period, they did. You did sleep in. A, you generally slept in a in a separate bed. Yeah. Um, so I guess you would. I think you'd probably fuck in one bed. Yeah. And then just like go to sleep separately. Like <laughs> this is so the it wasn't really. Bed. <laughs> it didn't. Pre- it didn't prevent fucking. It prevented snuggling. You know. Yeah, it, pre- it was an anti-spooning so situation, which is like, right? Yeah. No wonder people were so miserable back then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, people used bed. People had bigger beds before this. It was a trend, you know. It wasn't yeah, like yeah, yeah. it wasn't like yeah. they didn't invent a big bed until the nineteen no. sixties or something. No. Um, Only twin beds. It was yeah, I mean, certainly, and certainly, some people had you know larger beds and stuff. Yeah, like, but it was yeah. it was definitely it a, was a trend, and it trend. was not ju- it was just it wasn't just in in movies and TV, but it was people really did have them in real life. Yeah, twin beds. Yeah, have you and Caitlin ever garbage as as a married couple? Have you and Caitlin ever been forced to sleep in twin beds? Like you go on vacation and someone has oh, yeah. just twin beds. Yeah, Charlie oh, yeah, and I did, for sure. did that um, for the first Thanksgiving or not for the first time last Christmas that I was at home. So like two Christmases ago and it was weird. It was just sort of like, yeah. you're, you're so far apart. Cause it's in the room that I'm in now. And you're just like, okay, yeah. well, I guess good night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was the same thing. It was at, it was uh, yeah, it was first Christmas or Thanksgiving or something at her parents' house mm-hmm. several years ago. Cause since then they've renovated the basement and everything. Yeah. And, um, and also we don't go, we don't go there anymore. Really. If we, if we back when, if we, if we're there, we, we stay with her sister instead the last oh, yeah, couple of yeah. times. And then her sister moved. It doesn't, none of this is important, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was in the basement and they were twin, they were twin beds, like 12 feet apart, like not even like on opposite walls of this yeah. little room, which didn't have a, which didn't have a door. Like there was, I, it's probably similar to what you call the dorm in the basement of your parents' house, right? Which is exactly where I'm sitting right now. I'm staring at those two beds. Yeah. Um, and yeah. exactly. Are they that far it, apart? Yeah, they're like on opposite sides of a wall. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. I don't That's know exactly what this was. Yeah. But it's just sort yeah. of like you just like reach out and you're just like, this is weird. Why are you? Oh, good night. I guess. Yeah. I I yeah. guess I'll go to bed now. And it's weird thinking that like I used to. I grew up sleeping in a twin bed um oh did you really yeah because my sister and i had twin beds because we shared a room when until i was until she was 10 i want to say and she wanted her own room and so we had twin beds and 
uh, I grew up sleeping in a twin bed and I went to camp for several years where I slept in a twin bed. But now it's I just did, like, I mean, I went to camp. Yeah. Well, I camp had yeah. bunk beds for, for me. Yeah. Too. Which are like twin yeah. beds. Yeah. 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 For, I mean, they definitely are. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even more so. Um, yeah. I had a twin bed when I was a little kid. I remember when I got, I guess I was like, I guess I was like 12 when I got like a, like a big bed. Yeah. Um, so it was, bed. I did most, most of, most of my life, I, I slept in a twin bed, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just weird. I am so afraid to fall out of it. And also, I don't like sleeping away from Charlie because, you know, the, just the snuggling. The snuggling's the best Exactly. Part. Yeah. Well, I, I know, yeah. And I don't snuggling. like it when Caitlin falls asleep on the couch and won't come to bed with me. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um. So it happened I when I. Her, I miss her right now. I she's in the I other know. room. And she's in the other room. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, I won't. I'll say it at the end. I was going to say our catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but uh, I was going to say, so we do have a Charlie's Corner for, for this episode. Okay. Um. So Charlie watched this with me while he was working. So he wasn't really paying attention. So. Yeah. Had he seen the movie before? He'd never seen the movie before. I was really excited okay. to show it to him. And and unfortunately, it was at a time when he was working a lot. And he said that, like, he really enjoyed it anytime he p- would pay attention. But he didn't pay attention enough. So I'll have to show it to him again. Um, okay. But his corner, his one quote was, I liked It Happened One Night. I liked Clark Gable. I like the song better. He is, of course, referring to the Postal Service song, Clark Gable. Oh, Clark Gable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. that's Charlie's corner. I kissed you in a way corner. Clark Gable would have admired. You found it charming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my favorite Postal Service songs. And Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. But, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I don't know if I could put it on a scale of uh, ozone to basketball. Oh, right, right, yeah. He drifted in and out. Kaylin has seen it. She did not watch it with me this time, but she has seen the movie in the past, and we mm-hmm. both love this movie very much. Uh, yeah, It's just, like, such a classic. It's a banger. It's, just, it's a banger. It's a classic. I remember I watched I don't. Oh, I don't think we, we talked about our first time watching it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. My first time watching it, I took a, a class in college called History of Cinema, and honestly, I thought it was going to be a blow-off class. Ended up being one of the best classes that I still think of to this day. And yeah. uh, it was ho- it was taught by uh, one of my favorite teachers at, in college, Dr. Nielsen. And he, he loved old movies. And so he had the passion for teaching it. And you just, like, felt it. And so we watched it happen one night. And it reignited a love. Because I, I loved old movies when I was younger. And I just sort of, like, fell out of it because I became an emo kid and then I got back into them um, in college. And I, th- I feel like it happened one night really helped to reignite that love. Uh, what about you? Yeah. Um, it was later than that. Yeah. It was, um, it was probably, yeah, probably like, you know, maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, it was one of those things that came out on the criterion collection. And I was like, you know, I loved bringing up baby and I loved his girl Friday and somehow I had not seen this one. And so I just bought it um on nice. blu-ray and uh and yeah so yeah Caitlin and i watched it together um for the first time and i've i've watched it like 
probably three or four times since then. So just such a classic. It's just so great. And yeah. um, if you were, what do you feel like in this movie is the white sweater of It Happened One Night? Uh, Clark Gable's chest. Yeah, probably. Clark Gable's uh, shirtless is the white sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Gable shirtless, Clark Gable shirtless, Clark Gable um eating a carrot. Clark Gable telling you what isn't and is piggyback while carrying you exactly. across a stream and slapping Jesus. your bottom. Yeah. Hard Clark Gable too. putting his hand out so that you sit on his hand. Yeah. Uh Clark Gable top to bottom. I completely agree. I concur. Any other feelings, oh, yeah. uh, thoughts, and opinions on it happened one night? Uh, no, like, how? <laughs> this is, okay, no, okay, I was trying to say, like, this isn't coming out, like, so soon after the holiday, where we have, yeah. like, the Jude Law thirst <laughs> hour. <laughs> now Thank God. So, yeah, this, this is going to come out, like, like several weeks after yeah. that one. So, yeah, yeah. Not, not quite as, we recorded them closer together than we released them, so. Yeah. Not and quite as bad. Thank God, because we can't then we'll... devolve into this every time. Yeah, we can't just be thirst trapping over leading men for people who've been dead for fifty years. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, there's a great Death Cab song that makes that makes a reference to that. Of like, um, it, it's off their newer album because I'm an emo kid, and they basically say don't you feel weird looking at old movies and seeing lovers something along those lines and like see knowing that they're all dead <laughs> yeah yeah we yeah. talk about that a lot like one thing that caitlin and i like to do is if we're watching a movie i mean the movie doesn't have to be that old if the movie's like yeah. more than 25 years old if especially if like a dog shows up yeah one of us will lean dead. over and whisper whisper in the other ear that dog's dead <laughs> um so it's very much the same dead. with uh yeah with Clark Gable, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, R.I.P. Clark Gable, you are R.I.P. Clark and Claudette Colbert. I mean, Claudette Claudette Colbert Col can get it also. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice, I nice did... gams on Claudette Colbert. <laughs> Look at those gams. I did say one thing that I'm so glad has not made a comeback of recent days, and please, Lord Fashion, never let this come back, is the pencil-thin eyebrows of the 20s and 30s. Oh, God. I, well, I mean, or the, and, and the 2000s. And like, the 2000s. I mean, it came back. Yeah, it how, came back. Luckily, we haven't hit that yet. Like, I mean, yeah. they're bringing back the, the low-rise jeans and the, oh, no. um, a lot of the other 2000s nonsense, but yeah. I, surely it won't be the, uh, the pencil-thin eyebrows. Yeah. yeah, I can't. Don't touch can't my eyebrows. That. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, man. Um, cool. So let's, let's, let's do some outro. Yeah. Well, um, what are we doing next, Emma? It's your oh, choice. Oh, yes. So it's my, my choice next. So I was thinking, um, to go along, I was thinking one of two things. So I'm going to give you a choice. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, because I'm torn and I can't decide. So because I was doing a lot of research on Clark Gable and Carol Lombard, I, I thought, what is it? My my man Joffrey? My man Godfrey? Or my man Godfrey? I think I love my man Godfrey. Do you I think, think it's not maybe, a rom com? Well, no, no, no. I don't. I not not say that, but I think that we should space the older mm. movies out because okay. I think that people might not be yeah. super into that. No, I get <laughs> that. I get that. I get are. that. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Well, then that makes my choice a lot more easy. 
in honor of my trip to Connecticut this past weekend, I would love for us to discuss Mystic Pizza next week. Oh, Mystic Pizza. Okay. Mystic pizza. All right. I have not I have not seen that movie in a long time. So I have never Julie seen Roberts. it. Yeah, Julia Roberts I've never young. Seen it. Okay. I've never seen it. I'm purely going off the fact that it is takes place and was filmed in Connecticut. Okay. All right. So this will be the first movie we've watched that one of us hasn't seen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look at that. And I, I mean, honestly, I haven't seen it since probably high school, so I'm, yeah. I might as well not have seen it. Also, so. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. So join us next week for Mystic Pizza. Yeah, and our first, our first uh, uh, jewels as well. Our so. first jewels. Love her. Love the jewels of the Roberts. Thank you for listening to Go Get Your Girl. If you like us, tell your friends and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It actually helps a lot, guys, and we would really appreciate it. Thanks to Andrew Milliken and Nick Spoboda for our theme music and Elena Henderson for our artwork. You can follow us on Instagram at GoGetYourGirlPod or email us at GoGetYourGirlPod at gmail.com. You can follow me on social media at Emily M. Pizza. And me at Katie of the Lake. Until next time. And don't forget, guys, I love this. And I love love. Good night. Good night.